0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of JM Rewind. JM Rewind gives us an opportunity to check out some of the recent conversations we've had on JM and the AM. We start with Simcha Herbstman, vice president of Kupath Ezra, with a special Aim Habanim campaign for Hanukkah. Simcha Herbstman, recent guest on JM and the AM. Here he is on JM Rewind at the Nachum Siegel Network. Well, our good friend Simcha Herbstman is with us live via telephone. He is vice president of Kupath Ezra. Many of you are familiar with... Frankly, I think the majority of our listeners are familiar because of this show uh, with the work of Kupath Ezra of Rockland County. Rockland County is one of the epicenters of Jew- For those of you listening around the world, Rockland County is one of the epicenters of Jewish life now in the New York, New Jersey area. It's been that way for a long time, but it just keeps getting uh, like that. It's more and more increasingly like that as time goes by. And Kupath Ezra of Rockland County established 60 years ago, comes to the aid of struggling families, supplying them with funds for basic necessities, utilities, food, shelter. They distribute to over 800 families a month, over 1,000 families for youth and in emergency situations. It is a very, very worthwhile stucco. You can go to Kupath Ezra, that's dot com, and donate and help this beacon of hope um, continue to do its amazing work for struggling families. However, Erev Chanukah, and it's almost Erev Chanukah. there's another additional reason to support Kupat Ezra. It's something called the Aim Habanim Chanukah Campaign Fund. And uh, to uh, help us understand what's going on and just what the need is out there, Simcha Herbstman, vice president of Kupat Ezra, is with us live via telephone. Simcha, first of all, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM and the AM, and a very happy Chanukah to you and your family.
1: Thank you, Nachum. Thank you so much. And first of all, regards to my partner, Kupacazer, Rav Machinsky. He's the greatest. <laughs> yeah, and I have to give you a special thanks. You know, obviously the past few years with COVID has been difficult for all of us. But if we look at silver linings, uh, when COVID came up, we have our annual event. Usually it's uh, live. We had to do it online. Right. And we were trying to figure out how to make this work, how to, cre- how to capture the audience. And you and Miriam uh, did a great job for us. Nahum, without you, the uh, SIFA, the 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 online uh, event would would not have been where it was. And uh, we are so grateful to you. You you elevated it. And thank you so much.
0: Kent, uh, thank you enough for that. And uh, we've learned, because of the experience with you, just how vital a Tzatka Kupath Ezra is. And I hope more and more of our listeners continue to support it. Now, Ama Bunham you've explained, and we did a pretty good job explaining this, uh, there are a lot of single parents out there. This is the bottom line. In our community everywhere, but including Rockland County, there are hundreds and hundreds of single parents in very, very difficult situations. A lot of those situations are not financial, and there are a million ways that people can help. But right now, we're dealing with the financial angle. Uh, and you've set up a special Hanukkah campaign to support Aim Habanim. Why is there a need for a special... Chanukah campaign to support the Aim Habanim fund. Sure,
1: thank you. Well, the, the we started on Aim Habanim. Kuba Cesar, uh distributes over 800 families stipends. Out of those 800, I'd say approximately 180 families are single mothers. They're almost mostly divorcees, and we found that they have a special need. Uh, these are women, mostly women that uh, have small children that they, uh, you know, they, they had a two-earner family, and all of a sudden they're out on their own, and, they're at, and they have to act as a mother and a father to the children, struggling to both uh, raise their children and earn a living. So we, our goal is with AIM Abundant, we want to give out large uh, stipends each year to these families, approximately $10,000. Hanukkah is a special need. As we all know, Hanukkah, we all get together it 's a time where families get together it 's a warm time around the menorah, yep. uh, and we have our families around. This is a special time when these families notice that someone 's missing at the table. the father 's not there it 's like menorah he 's not there to play with the children. so We felt it was a special time, and we want to give them physic so we 're giving out one thousand dollars as a gift to each of these one hundred and eighty families, each of these one hundred and eighty mothers. And it's not only financial, when the mothers see that, and some of these mothers feel isolated from the community, when they see that people are getting together and they care, then they feel they have a family.
0: Well said. You couldn't have said it better, frankly. It's not just the $1,000, everybody. It is the connection, the fact that people know that other people care. And when you're in that lonely, not to thank God, I would know, because Baruch Hashem Uh, My family is the way it is, but when people out there are experiencing the loneliness, being alone, feeling isolated, not able to adjust to the situation, then they know that someone out there is reaching out, it's pretty amazing. And by the way, this is uh, Simcha Herbstman. This is um, really (laughs) the additional benefit to the work that Kupath Ezra does Every single day, because every time they pay a utility bill, every time they set up a uh, an account at a supermarket for a uh, single parent and their kids, every time they <clears throat> arrange for tutoring or, or whatever the special situation might be, in addition to that service and that money, this parent is getting the feeling that somebody actually cares and that somebody's throwing them a lifeline, which, is, uh, which must be very, very heartwarming for them. And we know how difficult Yontif is. We know how difficult Yantif is in general. As these uh, uh, families and children go to shul and uh, might be looked at differently or treated differently than other children are, not on purpose, obviously. You get what I'm saying. Uh, so the fact that on Hanukkah, which is such a family oriented holiday, that they could feel connected to someone is just a tremendous additional bonus. Now I, now, I assume that the best way to do this is aimhabanim.org, right? aimhabanim.org is the best way to do it? Yes. You
1: go and aim it, you'll you see some nice videos, some moving emotional videos about the families, what they're going through. And that's the best place to donate uh, for this Hanukkah campaign.
0: By the way, I, before you continue, Simcha, I have some good news to report to you and to this audience. You're trying to do this for 180 single mothers in this case. And you're already at 31, meaning that uh, over $31,000 has already been raised with the $180,000 goal. So, Bezrat Hashem, you're well on your way. Uh, to making this happen. So, everybody out there, you see that this is not just a campaign that's fledgling. This is a campaign that's already very, very strong. And for that reason alone, you may want to join in. aimhabunim.org, E I M, that's E I M, Habunim, two A's in Habunim, aimhabunim.org. Simply, you were saying.
1: Yeah, I'd like some more points. First of all, the uh, as you mentioned, is not only a financial uh, for financial needs. We are going to be like a triage center. We want to be a place where the single mothers can call us and any problems they have. If They need social help. Uh, they need tutoring with their children. We will put them to the. We will connect them to the right organizations and help them. We want to be a one-stop where these single mothers come and we can help them. Right. Also, um, I know uh, it's a Muncie organization. But I'd like to reach out to people outside of Muncie. Right. Normally, we don't really do mass advertising campaigns, but this time we thought there was a need. Um, because we heard from many single mothers in other communities that they would like organizations like this helping them out. So we want to be a starting point in Muncie, in Rockland County, for an organization like this. But success breeds success. And we're hoping that this will lead to other communities uh, starting the same organizations. I mean, that's how, if you look at Tom it, Shabbos, Hatsala. They all started on one community, and the success allowed them to spread
0: out to not, not only that they started with one family <laughs> <They> started,
1: <laughs> one.
0: you know they started with one family they were helping and now look what's going on with these organizations, including yours. I'm sure it started with one family sixty years ago and and look how it's yeah. grown over the years so. Um the the track record, as we like to say, the track record of Kupath Ezra is uh, well established. <laughs> when you're giving, you know you're giving to an organization that knows what to do with this money, frankly. And the Ama Banim campaign has been uh, specifically designated to send a Hanukkah gift to one hundred and eighty single mothers. And a lot of these times, and I'm open about this with the audience, a lot of these times these campaigns and these conversations are sponsored because obviously people want to reach out. This is not one of those cases, folks. We did some work with Kupath Ezra a couple of times. Uh, we saw the incredible thing that they're doing in the community. And when Simcha Herbstman uh, and Rabbi Mashinsky expressed an interest in someone coming on today to discuss this campaign, we said 100%. This was not a, was not a business deal. This was us saying that uh, we know the work that you're doing and we want to encourage more and more people to support it. So, you know... All I could say is I am an eyewitness, an actual eyewitness to this special work of um, Kupath Ezra. Everybody out there, you want to enhance somebody's uh, Hanukkah? You could donate now at the rate of $180, which is $1 per family. You can donate at the rate of $360, which is $2 per family. You could give $900, which is $5 per family, and obviously you can give whatever you wish. Just go to aimhabunim.org, aimhabunim.org for information. Hanukkah begins Sunday night. Let's make sure that some of the single mothers and their children in our community are taken care of in more ways than one. Simcha Herbstman, anything else you'd like to add, sir? No,
1: I just want to say thank you. You said it the best. I just want to add thank you, and I just hope uh, with the successful campaign that we're going to bring happiness and light to these mothers and their children I just wish all our families, everyone, on your, all your listeners, they should have a wonderful Hanukkah, a warm Hanukkah with all their families
0: and enjoy it together. Yeah, uh, we, want, we want everyone to look forward to Hanukkah the way we do and to experience Hanukkah the way we do. Simcha, thank you. A wonderful Shabbos and a Freilich and Hanukkah. You too. Thank you so much for having me. aimhabanim.org. aimhabanim.org. By the way, there's a phone number at Kupath Ezra. If you have a phone and you want to speak to them, uh, and contribute 888 mitzvos, M I T Z V O S, M I T Z V O S, 888 mitzvos. 888-mitzvos. The Aim HaBunim campaign is E I M, aimhabunim.org, aimhabunim.org. Give whatever you can and to help Aim HaBunim uh, and Kupath Ezra get to the goal of helping 180 single mothers and their children during this holiday of Hanukkah. Friday morning broadcast, plenty more coming up here at JM in the AM. That was my conversation with Simcha Herbstman. Rabbi Gedalia Zlotowicz was on recently to discuss all the amazing offerings from Art Scroll for Hanukkah. Check out this interview. Rabbi Gedalia Zlotowicz, a recent guest on JM the AM. Here he is on JM Rewind on the Nachum Siegel Network. It's a Tuesday, and this is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio, Around the world the web and Alchem Single.com and the Alchem Network, and of course, in the beloved NSN app, the uh, president of Arts Girl Masora, president of the MSora Heritage Foundation, amazing friend of this network, and uh, somebody who continues a tradition that his father started of influencing Jewish and um and Jewish literacy and um and uh academics in every field, including the most holy of Fields is with us live via telephone. Rabbi Gedalia it's a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM.
2: Good morning, my dear friend Nachum, and to all you wonderful listeners, it's an honor to be back again. Thank you for having
0: me. I appreciate that. And boy, oh boy, this is the time of year to have you on. Artscroll has started their big 20% off Hanukkah sale. You know our recommendation, always use promo code radio when you're on the site but right now everybody is enjoying some incredible discounts uh, whether it's 20% off in some cases it's 30% off uh, and we'll go through everything that we can this morning here at JM in the AM and um, r- don't forget I remind you wonderful listeners that even though Art Scroll is very generous with their free shipping policy on a certain amount free shipping with promo code radio on any amount Hence the great advice that I continue to give: always use promo code "radio" at artscroll. dot com. Um, Gedalia, I want to start with Mishnias. It's a great place to start, and I'm starting there because it is a thirty percent off um, a sale. Uh, as opposed to some of the other things that are 20% off. The Schottenstein edition Mishnah elucidated, the Reisman edition Hebrew Mishnah, and the Yadavra Mishnah series, all 30% off. And you've done you've done an incredible thing with the partnership here. At the end of December, the 14th cycle of Mishnah Yomi is going to begin. And you know just how many Harusas and how many fathers and sons, and you know how many people out there are doing Mishnah Yomi. So here's a golden opportunity for people to jump on the Mishnah Yomi Bandwagon. I'm assuming that that's why uh, you went with this type of sale this time of year.
2: Yeah, well, Nachum, we're very excited about the Mission Yomi program. It was actually brought to my attention in the middle of the summer. Someone called me from Chicago and told me that the new cycle is starting at the end of December. And Mission Yomi began, most people don't know, but the cycle began right before World War II. Um, actually started, that concept came up. With the Rosh Hashiva, ironically enough, who took over for Mayor Shapiro and Khachme Lublin. Oh my gosh! And o- although Dafyomi learning Talmud Bavli was underway, he felt that if people would be learning Talmud Bavli over seven and a half years, but they would never learn Shisha Seje Mishnah because they would not be studying the entire Sefer Zeraim <laughs> or Sefer Targums. So he said, this is a great way for people to learn every single day, learn Mishnayos. What we're excited about is that it's a five-and-a-half-year cycle, begins at the end of December. And what struck me when I hung up with this fellow is if you begin at the end of December, that means within one month at a Siyam Hashasa Dafyomi, you'll be making a Siyam on Shisha Sidrei Mishnah, on the entire Mishnayos. It's a great opportunity to start, and that's why we're encouraging people to start. Mishnaiyas could be learned by anyone, whether someone's on a level of learning Dafyomi, it doesn't have the time for Dafyomi, in under 10 minutes a day, two Mishnahs a day, you could learn with your child, your grandchild, it creates a special bond, and that's why we're very excited about this.
0: I'm glad to hear that in the span of one month, there may be two major celebrations five years from now. <laughs> that's, only, that's only good for our community, only good for the uh, study of Torah. Someone came up to me, by the way. I, you'll, you'll, you'll appreciate this. I, I'm at an appointment last week, and I'm saying to myself, why on earth did God make me one hour late for this appointment? I'm ne- I mean, thank God, I'm never late for anything. And for some reason, it was one of those mornings where I just couldn't get there, and I kept emailing the person, I apologize, I'm way behind schedule, etc. I finally get there, and someone in the store comes over to me and says, I want you to know I started learning Dafyomi three cycles ago because of the way you spoke about it on the air. Now, I, 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 never, wow. I never took on Dafyomi, as you know. I've never done that yet. Although, frankly, Mishnaomi and I was looking very attractive to me, but that's a separate story. But um, but I, I said to myself, my gosh, just the fact that these celebrations and these sales and these collaborations that you and others come up with and that we're able to do on the air, the fact that it inspires someone to add a regular Torah study to their day is absolutely Amazing. So the more celebrations of Torah, the better, and the more sales, frankly, <laughs> Rabbi Zloto. the better. Well, I,
2: I really want to put you know, dafyomi. Especially this cycle has really exploded. So many people are started and are sticking with it because of all the resources online to be able to learn. We know that right. our friends at the OU right. started an all daf app, where you know you have access to so many different shiurim and resources for dafyomi. <laughs> And because of our meeting with uh, Ramosha Hauer and the great team at the OU, Rabbi Schwade, they're underway with an all Mishnah app, which will be ready by the end of December, with resources for people to be able to log on wherever they are and hear a share of Mishnahists. So have resources from Mishnah. Is. So there's no excuse anymore, Nachum. We're yeah. going to get you. You're on board for Mishni
0: Naomi. Yeah, no excuses, right, and it's amazing, and it's incredible, and, and what a story, huh? I end up being late, and I get rewarded with a comment like that from somebody who was there at that time, and it's such an amazing feeling. And everybody out there, if you're a rabbi, a leader, or just a quote-unquote regular person, you have the ability to influence others uh, in terms of the ripple effect of whether it's dafiomi, Mishni Yomi, or just a regular Torah study on a daily basis, take advantage of that. All right, there's a lot of other things going on at Arts Girl Masora. Uh, first of all, this I see this partnership with Uncle Maishi continues strong.
2: Yes, it sure does. <laughs> we say we we got to get them when they're young and get them. Uh, Uncle Maishi, as we spoke about last time, if you think about it, is the longest-running entertainer in the Jewish world. Yeah, Uncle Maishi is doing this for 40 years already. Yeah.
0: Non-stop. Imagine
2: how many kids, parents, and grandparents at this point grew up with Uncle Moshe. And he gives such a, you know, as we say, a geshmak, a love, a happiness, a yiddishkeit. And this album focuses on Hanukkah and the special songs of Hanukkah and all the stories of Hanukkah. So we put out a book and a CD together with Donnie Gross. And I encourage everyone to get this, the greatest gift you could give to your child, grandchild, niece, nephew,
0: anyone on your list. Feel uh, the Simcha Simch in the air is the Hanukkah album from Uncle Mashi. The book is called The Very Best Hanukkah Guest. And, and frankly, Gedalia, not that this is the most important thing, because we know what the most important thing is, that is touching Jewish lives, but I can't imagine that even you weren't pleasantly surprised with how many copies of the very first Uncle Mashi book uh, sold around the world. I mean, I know you had high expectations, but it really did uh, incredibly out there.
2: It really did. And Uncle Maishi just hits home with everyone. And what's enjoyable about the book and about the music is, you know, parents admitted to me quietly that even after their kids leave the car and go into school, <laughs> They're still listening to the music. <laughs> there they you
0: love go. it. <laughs> all right. There you go. I'm glad parents are brave enough to admit that, and why not? By the way, while we're on the topic, we should mention that both in in quote unquote uh, hard copy obviously, it's a paperback and online people will find a separate section for all the kids' stuff you're doing right now, including this brilliant idea of turning their book about Rabbi Trank into a book entitled Just Love Them for Children. But it's, uh, it's, it's those uh, from people like Shmuel Blitz and um, uh, Chaviva Pfeiffer and others, uh, That and there are many others, uh, and many other books that are made specifically for children on topics of Siddur and Tehillim and Bruchos and Torah values and bedtime stories and, of course, the, the, uh, the Take Me series, whether it's Take Me to the Zoo or the Holy Land or to Europe. I mean, there are just so many. The Magid stories for kids, etc. So we should mention that literally parents and grandparents will find separate sections and separate catalogs for all this.
2: That's right. And um, listen, as I said before, Nachum, we have to instill in our children a love for Hashem, a love for being Jewish, the pride of being Jewish, and that's what these books do. Yeah,
0: it's unbelievable. Also, I'll, I'll, I just want to point out, I mean, there, there, there's so many here, it's crazy how many there are. But there's a very important book for children, over 40,000 of them in print, it's called Let's Stay Safe. Um, it's uh, done by the Karasik Child Safety Initiative of Project Yes. Uh, ladies and gentlemen in the audience, not just entertainment and thank God informal education for kids, but really important works that they need to know about as well. So take advantage of that. You can search it online at com. All right, has uh, Rabbi Gedalia Zlotowicz been spending more time in the kitchen as more and more cookbooks come out, or uh, you've been able to resist the temptation?
2: Definitely spend more time in the dining room eating. But um,
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess so, right? With all, and you're testing out a lot of recipes, I would guess.
2: Yeah. but the truth is, there's still a love for cookbooks. I'm still amazed how every cookbook that we release, people are the women are so excited about it. There's just a love of even browsing a cookbook and seeing the pictures and reading what the authors have to say and risky climbing did a wonderful yeah. job with the new cookbook, Simply, and it, we sold out the first printing within a week, and uh, we were able to get in a second printing as hard as it was. It's back in stock. So this is a great Hanukkah gift.
0: And I remind everybody that books by uh, Danielle Renoff, The Peas, Love, and Carrots, A Dinner Done Book with the Between Carpools People, The Good Food with Sina Mizrahi, and so many others are all included under the cookbook category. You should check it out and enjoy. You also have a lot of brand new ones. Now, some of these you know that we already featured in full-length interviews on this program, but I feel we should at least mention that are by Nachman Seltzer's brand new book about Yisrael Katzover, Pretty amazing. It's called The Insider. Uh, you know about Yisrael Besser's brand new book, Building for Eternity, about Moshe Reichman. Um, well, if
2: we, Nachman, if I could just speak sure. about both of those books for a moment. Please. The Insider is, you know, Nachman Seltzer has had a run of the most amazing books. He's incredible series, um, his book on Rabbi Grossman, all bestsellers. But some people told me that this insider, in their opinion, is the greatest book they've ever read, greatest Nachman Seltzer book. You know, I just read a story there over Shabbos. I was blown away. So he writes over there that with Kat's over the first time he met Shimon Peres, Oh, yeah. He and Paris told him the following story. I don't know if you read Oh, that. yeah. We discussed yeah. that during the interview. Yep. Oh, you discussed oh, yeah. it. Isn't that amazing? How amazing. his meeting with the Chafetz yep. when he was a young boy, always had in his mind, and because of that, he protected the yeshiva boys. Yep. It and is- this one little inside story. There's so many stories like this. in I- mind...
0: I, I was frankly, and here's a compliment for Rabbi Seltzer, I was frankly, when I saw that he was doing a book on Katsover and I, you know, I, 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 I pride myself on knowing something about modern Jewish history, especially vis-a-vis Israel and its wars, uh, I was surprised how well he presented it, that he he really has a tremendous acumen uh, for what's going on in Israel over the last 70 plus years and uh, and that's what uh, uh, you chose the right author I mean it's as simple as that you chose the right person and he said to us on the air that, it, that that there's another one coming down the pike which is going to be amazing so he just keeps on he keeps on going I don't know I don't know what his schedules like but authors like <laughs> him, authors like him and rabbi bester must be completely immersed in the work I mean you're in touch with these people on a regular basis or at least your staff is I would assume they're always telling you how they're just completely enveloped in the in the entire research of these books
2: Exactly my my dear friend truly better his love is just to sit and write and give over and he he has such a gifted writer This the new book on Moshe Reichman, you know building for eternity is a life-changing book because of course people are intrigued by the Reichman family and they want to know about you know about Moshe Reichman and how he was so successful But you learn about a person who was so humble, who changed the way people give staka, who just had a love for people, and it was never about himself. The the thing that really got me about Moshe Reichman is they say that on his way up to being like the sixth richest person in the world, and then on his way down, after he had to unfortunately declare bankruptcy, he was the same person yep. he never changed i like how that's incredible
0: i like how the effort to keep giving Stucco was the same the day after he declared bankruptcy where he said you know we still have to give what we can give because there's a need out there and what an attitude because you know what usually happens when someone loses a lot of money the first thing to go is Stucco. but it was just the opposite <laughs> with him which was amazing uh, and really incredible is the uh, is the um, uh the Rabbi Gro- not Rabbi Grossman the the um the Okay, now I'm, now I'm <laughs> now, oh, now now I'm having one of those moments. I mean to ask you about. Give me a second. I mean to ask you about um, a tap on the shoulder. Jonas and Rosenblum's book about Rabbi Mayer Schuster is that still doing well out there?
2: It's still doing nicely. I mean, you know, these type of books. The people who knew Mayer Schuster, of course, I know you were one of them. Yeah. You know, as soon as the book came out, they just wanted to run and read it, and we, it sold over ten thousand copies. <sighs> It's still going, but the uh, real push was right when it came out. And it's those who did not read it yet, it's a fascinating oh. read oh. because you're dealing with a person who was so shy and so against his nature to do what he did, yet he affected the lives of thousands and thousands of people. And now you look at their descendants, and they became from, and their families, and it gives every person chizuk to say, you know what? I can do something to change
0: the world. I think it's a great book for some bar mitzvah boys and bat mitzvah girls. I think it is important, especially those who you think can, uh, can grasp what's going on there with his story about Mayor Schuster. I think it's important for them to see the way someone grew up, the personality they had, and nonetheless, they still ended up being uh, the example of uh, of somebody uh, involved in Kirov. I think that that's a really really important lesson for young and old. like Gadalia is with us. Remember, twenty percent off uh, all through this uh, period between now and the middle of December in honor of Hanukkah uh, on everything across the board. Some items thirty percent off as we outlined. Uh, always use promo code Radio when visiting artscroll dot com because you'll get your free shipping no matter what the amount. Always use promo code Radio at artscroll.com. By the way, I argued, and this is nothing against Moshe Reichman, the book is amazing, and I said it a million times in that conversation with Rai Besser, but his other book, Arise and Sing, I told him how meaningful the brachas of Ashkamas Haboker, the brachas that we first say in the prayers that we first say in the morning, how important they are to me. And I think it's because, as I said to him, because it is one of the few times that you really get the feeling you are speaking just you and the one above uh, when it comes to Birchus Hashachar and that area of davening. So the fact that he was able to tell stories and give a commentary and analysis to that important part of davening, as far as I'm concerned, is one of the most important books out there. It's called Arise and Sing, the power of the first prayer of the day through commentary, stories, and inspiration. So we shouldn't think that he's limited only to biographies.
2: <laughs> that's right. Listen, you know, we, we, we get up in the morning from D'Ani to Bercheth yeah. Usually that's something that we have more time to say. Because you know, maybe before you get to shul, while you're still home, you know the the later part of davening. Many times we're rushing through it, but if we would internalize the, those first few prayers of the day, we were really connecting to Hashem. Moda ani l'tzanecha, right? We're thanking Hashem. I am thanking you. You're standing right before me. I'm in front of Hashem, and if we would internalize that. How that would change the rest of our day would be amazing.
0: No question about it. By the way, that topic came up with Ari Brzezanski this week. While we're on the topic, we should mention his book, (laughs) Reaching Higher, (laughs) Stories That Uplift Your Heart and Soul. Because, again, thanking God and being grateful for what we have is one of the most important sections he has in the eight sections of this brand new book. So we're recommending that one also for everybody out there to be inspired by some...
2: There's there's, real, there's really something for everyone, this yeah. Hanukkah. I think this is our... Uh, That's <laughs> the know, message, right? It's our greatest lineup of we ever did for Hanukkah. Yeah. You know, oh, if someone sure. wants prayers, someone wants a biography, someone wants to be inspired by stories. You know, if someone wants Chinuch. Let's not forget every May you did, who's yep. a superstar in his own right. He has the power of Chinuch, the way he gives over the lessons of how we should bring up our children... And now we're coming out today with Sefer Chavetz Chaim, you know, the classic mm-hmm. Sefer that the Chavetz wrote on Hilchus Lashnara, a phrase-by-phrase translation, elucidation, done in conjunction with the Chavetz Chaim Heritage Foundation. There's something for everyone. The problem, People tell me I'm going through the ids. I want to buy everything. So we encourage people. A book by, is by the, the greatest gift you could give because it lasts forever.
0: By the way, Gedalia, there are people who buy everything. <laughs> there, are people, <laughs> there are people. You've probably walked into homes and said to yourself, this looks like the Art Scroll Warehouse. <laughs> I'm sure you've yep. seen that, which is, must be an amazing feeling, to say the least. Um, and, sure. and, 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 and by the way, I need you to acknowledge, and I remember doing this back in high school, not me, I, I I didn't have the brain to do it, but my classmates, many of them, did it. When we had a special guest over Shabbos in our high school dorm. Mutzeh Shabbos or right after Avdallah, a couple of guys would sit down and write down every word that the special guest speaker said, especially if it was someone you know of of great note. They wanted to get the entire She'er. They wanted to get the entire you know all the Divrei Torah they gave, et cetera. You have to give a special tip of the hat. To those who, over the last many, many decades, did just that, because you have some Svaram and books out right now that are only out because people took the time after Shabbos to go and write everything down.
2: That's right. You know, listen, people who spend the time writing, it's a gift to Klaus Yisrael because so many, how many times do you hear a word? We've discussed this many times. And you said, right, I remember hearing that many years ago. Tell me again. Remind me. Yeah. And if we would just have the discipline to sit and be organized and write things down in a way that we could find it, not just on little scraps of paper. You know, it's a gift. Writing is a gift because it lasts forever. Look at the manuscripts that are found even today yeah. that were written a thousand years ago. And it's only because the people wrote and put it away that we still have it.
0: Pretty amazing. And the Shabbos one, you know, they get double the credit because they have to remember it until after Abdullah and then write it down. Um, Well, unless there's something else you want to point out, I'm going to remind everybody it's a massive, massive Hanukkah sale on everything having to do with Artscroll. You walk into your store around the world, you um, go online at artscroll.com, you're going to save big, you're going to get free shipping, and don't forget, on any amount you get free shipping when you use promo code radio at artscroll.com, always use Promo code radio at artscroll.com. Gedalia, anything else specifically you want to mention this no, morning? I,
2: I just want to end up by saying, going back to what we started with, I encourage people as we get closer to the beginning of Mishni Yomi, at the end of December, they'll yeah. see more ads. We'll probably talk about it again. We're giving yeah. out free Mishnayos. We're going to be giving out every, anyone who wants a pocket-sized Mishnayos, brachas, in Hebrew or in English, with a calendar. It's something that everyone could do. Two Mishnayos a day. I encourage everyone to do it. We'll talk about it again as we get closer. Yep. I wish everyone, you, your family, all your listeners, a happy Hanukkah. And we should just use the holiday of Hanukkah as we're supposed to. Sulahalo to Give praise to Hashem for giving us all the good that He gives us every day of our lives.
0: Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. A happy Hanukkah to you and the entire family.
2: Hey, Kenachem.
0: Rabbi Gedalia Zlato, it's President Arts, Kroma Doing a whole bunch of amazing projects always, and uh, now, this Hanukkah, 5782, it's just amazing how much is available. Take advantage of the big sale, go to artsworld.com, make sure to use promo code radio. More coming up. You're listening to a Tuesday morning edition of JM in the AM. That was my conversation with Dalia Zlotowicz. Rabbi Benjamin Przansky was on to discuss his brand new book. Here's that conversation on JM Rewind on the Nachum Siegel Network monday morning broadcast thanks so much for tuning in i do remind you that our friends at artscroll.com and rabbi gedalia zlato is going to join us tomorrow because there's a lot to talk about pre hanukkah hanukkah begins sunday night folks no joke and there's a massive hanukkah sale going on right now at artscroll.com and i do remind you that you get a massive discount plus free shipping on any amount when you use promo code radio so follow the rule that I have been preaching for a long, long time. And that rule is, always use promo code radio when you visit artscroll.com. The brand new book from Artscroll is called Reaching Higher, Stories That Uplift Your Heart and Soul. It is an honor to welcome Rabbi Benjamin Przansky to this program to discuss this brand new work, one of many that he has available at artscroll.com com. Rabbi Przenski, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM.
3: Thank you, Malcolm. Great to be here. What a what a what an honor.
0: I appreciate that. You have an unusual introduction to the book, by the way, because uh, not often do we get stories in what's supposed to be the preface or intro to the book. And you went out of your way to include some interesting stories. I was wondering if you'd help me at the beginning of this conversation touch on some of the things that uh, that you mentioned at the very beginning of the book. The first is, why is the book entitled Reach Higher? <laughs> and, and if I ha- if I have this correct, and what an observation it is on your part, if I have this correct, there are so many ways these days for people, especially young people, to feel fulfilled, to feel fulfilled physically, to get a high, and I use that in a very, very um, general term, uh, to be chilled, as you write in the book. Uh, but it is amazing that if you do want to reach higher than that, if you want to replace the uh, artificial with the real, uh, then one must try to reach higher with Torah and its values. I thought it's an amazing observation. Tell me what else you could tell me about the title of the book.
3: You got right at it. Uh, no, Um. Yeah? <laughs> um... Yeah, the, the truth is that we live in, in challenging times, uh, on, on the one hand, and, and amazing times, on the other. And there's so much out there in our, our spiritual realm. People are, are growing. People are, are climbing to, to new heights. It's, it's amazing to see. Yet we find that there are so many of our, our, our youth um, that are, are losing their way. And, and for me, it's, it's, it's very bothersome. You know how come they're not getting excited about uh, learning Torah? Oh, davening, doing Chesed. Why are we losing anyone? And I've I found that so many, you know, times they they they're looking for a high in other places.
0: Right. And um. You and know, but
3: yeah, and him, you like,
0: and you just wish that they would look for that high in our own tradition and heritage because we have a lot to offer.
3: That's right. We have so much to offer, and. If they would open their hearts, they'd listen to your radio show. It'd be inspired, <laughs> you know. They'd climb so much higher that way. And, yeah. and so when I went about writing this book and the title, even about reaching higher, it was uh, in connection to, to to some of these thoughts. About I, I met a I met a kid who who, who I was learning with one night in a night seder program, and then he tells me, Rabbi, I love to get high. And I was like, Well, what's going- I'm just learning Torah with you we're supposed to feel the high the spiritual high and he's talking about some other type of highs and, and that's when i realized that we got to get our youth to feel that high and reach higher in their own spiritual in their own spiritual lives
0: yeah many of them are just craving it and they just need to be i don't know either presented with it or told that it's it's fine for them to pursue it you know it's just the whole, th- it's so close. It's so close to them, but sometimes it just seems so far away, right? Benjamin Brzezinski with us. The book is called "Reaching Higher." Amazing stories in it. And I always joke. And I don't know if you know this routine of mine, but but when I when I speak to somebody on the air who's had the life of Riley, I speak to somebody on the air who comes from a wealthy family and you know did not have tradition and heritage in their lives, and then they turn to religious Judaism. They turn to what we've been enjoying our entire lives. And I'll jokingly, in quotation marks, say to them, you know, why would you give up all that to do this? You know, like, (laughs) and we don't realize sometimes as we live this amazing existence, we don't realize just how special it is and how incredible it is. And I think that that's a point that we need to keep in mind when speaking to the young people out there. What we have is what they want, they may not realize that they want it yet. They may not understand how valuable it will be to them once they discover it, but what we have is really the ultimate high for them.
3: That's right. I think they all know it deep down. Sometimes we get a little confused. Yeah. But that's the truth, what they're seeking, but they might not know it at the time. Yeah.
0: Uh, can you explain to me why... Explain to me, we made such a big deal about this, and for good reason. When Twersky passed away, he insisted that the song that he wrote... Be sung, which of course I think every you know Jewish kid and adult knows, be sung uh, in his memory. Why? Give me your evaluation of why, with all his accomplishments, that was the one thing he wanted to make sure remained as a legacy.
3: Yeah, I, I was amazed when I when I heard about this story, and that's why I included it in the preface of the book mm-hmm. that he wanted this 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 song to be sang at, at a levaya of all, all times. And I think uh, Rabbi Tversky was a man who gave people hope. He always gave people that feeling that you're not lost, you're not out, don't give up. And he wanted people to keep on going with that message. And so when, I, I believe at least, when he passed away, he wanted people to keep on going. Yes, I may have passed on, but life continues and Muna continues. Don't give up. Sing the song of hope. Hashem's never going to let go of us. And so what an amazing scene unfolded at his Leviah yeah. as he sang the song and accompanied him to his, his, his grave.
0: And even in the aftermath, the way people you know, made the song go viral, the way places like ours and others you know, would play it for weeks afterwards, it was really an incredible uh, memorial for him. And, you, and by the way, it's no secret that to the outsider, someone like myself, he seemed like a real academic seems like a very serious person. We're talking about an author here and you know what it's like to be an author, you know, somebody who spent a lot of time no doubt on the scholarship of his work and yet he had this part of him that was so connected because of the song and I'm sure other nigunim, so connected to the one above and so connected to our tradition. I think it's really important to remember that all of us have, you know, many components to us and sometimes we don't realize which components are more important than others. Yeah, that's it. That's for sure. Pretty amazing. All right, now you divide the book into <laughs> into sections, reaching higher in the following areas: Emuna, Hashkacha Pratis, Chesed, Simcha, Prayer, Avas Yisrael, Bitachon, and thanking Hashem. Do you agree with me, Rabbi Prusansky, that there's at least a story or two in this book that could go into all eight categories? <laughs> <laughs> Am I right about that or yeah,
3: not? It's definitely, it's definitely. <laughs> Every day, my friends, we are uh, writing our stories. There's so many stories happening, and that's part of life. It, it fits in so many different areas in our lives that we open our eyes. They're happening, the stories, and we, where do we place them?
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny. The other day, and this has happened to me a lot in the last couple of weeks. Uh, I'll get the. I'm not. I, I don't tend to be delayed. Radio people in general, you know, know the clock and tend to be on time or early. Right? <laughs> That's our nature. I, 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 I certainly uh, uh, believe. Um, having done this for so many decades, uh, and and there are a couple of times over the last few weeks I've been delayed and got to appointments up to an hour late, which is again, you know, unlikely. And I'm and I look above and I say, why am I supposed to be late? Why am I supposed to? You know, you know, what, what was it that that created this? You know, lateness that God wanted me to experience something, and I, of course, uh, looked at the story in your book. About the and again, it's so hard. As I said to you off the air, now all these stories are, you know, are, are all in my mind. I can't remember exactly what was what, but re, just rem, tell the audience the story, please, of the gentleman, the rabbi that had to travel to go see somebody after Yom Kipper, and he ended up going to Herzliya instead of Ranana, Was it? Was that the? Was that what ways did to him? He
3: yeah, he he went on the wrong he went the wrong way, but he ended up in the right way.
0: Right, and he's also questioning why did God you know send me to a completely different city and and decided decided not to turn back and go to his original destination but because he was already led halfway up there he's going to continue and and see what awaits in there right that that's a correct portrayal that's right that's right he gets there um and and ends up with being given uh gift cards that as he goes back to the original destination that he was supposed to get to he ends up distributing to people in tremendous need before Yontif, uh, who would not be able to afford their grocery bills. Um, it, it, you know, and, uh, I, you know, so, so he, of course, understood. That's why I say that Amuna Hashkacha Pratis and so many other categories can go into one story of yours. That's right. Because, you know, all this is so intertwined. But uh, I, I admire him. I admire him for actually... You know, carrying out to see what awaited him up there, said to the person who answered the door, I must see the bala bus. What do you mean you must see the bala bus? You were you weren't supposed to be here. What do you mean? How do you how do you say that you have to see the owner of the house? But sure enough, we saw what happened.
3: Yeah, this is really a lesson of the Balshemtav. Yeah. The Balshemtav taught his students, and it it's something that we, we 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 take into our own lives that there's no such thing as a mistake. If you ended up somewhere Somehow Hashem wanted you to be there and there's some sort of mission that you're, you're supposed to take on. There's some message or lesson. And if you open your eyes, you might see that you're able to accomplish something that you never even realized that you were going to be able to do. You never even thought of it until you actually got there and you realized, hey, this is Heshkochah Brothers.
0: What about the story you have, and you know me, Being pragmatic, I sometimes have difficulty with decisions that some people make in difficult situations. But what about the story you have about the person who decided that Davening Meyer with a minion, no matter how late they would be for their plane in the middle of a snowstorm, etc., was a priority? And, of course, anybody who knows our family uh you know shul and minion is extremely important so i'm not minimizing that at all uh, but they went ahead and took a risk to Davin, and then you know try to make the plane they get to the airport they find out that somebody was arguing <laughs> somebody was arguing with the uh with the uh, uh an airline official uh for a, a lengthy period of time about what they're allowed to bring on the plane not bring on the plane the plane got delayed sure enough they made the plane they made the wedding you know etc 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 i am not suggesting that that I am recommending that people drive in a terrible snowstorm <laughs> <laughs> to get to. A, sometimes I wonder about those decisions, but you get my point. That when someone would, oh, and by the way, you know what the kicker is of that story? Of course, yeah. Well. That when the person that when the person says, "I've heard your shiurim," right, and then the rabbi says, "Which shiur were you listening to?" and it was a shiur on the importance of davening with a minion. That's right. I mean, come on, Rabbi Przansky. We got to explain that one. Come on. You know that didn't really happen.
3: Come on. <laughs> this a story about uh, Rebduvi Ben Shushan. Anyone who's heard Rebduvi Ben Shushan knows he has some wild stories. And uh, he, he's a man who inspires many in the Sefardic community and in the Ashkenaz community. And uh, that particular story, he realized that, hey, I got to connect to God, I got to connect to Hashem. If I wanna have success on my trip, that's what it's really about. If, if I wanna make if I wanna be successful, I wanna make my plane, I wanna make my business deal, I wanna make a life work, then I gotta be connected. And he plugged into Hashem that night by Davening and tried to make that minion. Of course we're not suggesting right. that you <laughs> do anything crazy to make a million. <laughs> but when you're connected you're dealing with a higher power, so you, you're able to do things that are sometimes incredible.
0: Unbelievable. Incredible. Whole story is incredible, right? Benjamin Brzezinski is with us. The book is called "Reaching Higher." Why is it? So, look, you devote a chapter to it. Why is it so important to thank God? We know about recognizing Ashkacha Pratis. We also, when we talk about on this show a lot, we talk about B'itachon, shar B'itachon, you know, saying to the one above that I am in your hands, you are going to guide me properly. I mean, that's such an important attitude uh, when when, um, growing up and an important attitude when raising a Jewish family, of course. We all believe that. But you spend a chapter on just thanking God. How important is that gratitude? In fact, if you want to give us a story about that, feel free.
3: Yeah, sure. Well, thanking Hashem is really what makes a Jew a Jew. The name Yehuda, right? We're Jew. Yeah. Yehuda. <laughs> Yehuda means Haidah, to thank Hashem. So that's what every Jew is really about. We wake up in the morning, we thank Hashem. We go to sleep at night, we thank Hashem. We eat throughout the day. We're thanking Hashem. We're constantly thanking Hashem. When you thank Hashem, you recognize that you're recognizing what you're here for. You're here to realize. That Hashem is taking care of your life and He's giving you every moment, and therefore you're thanking Him and, and, and connecting to Him in a, in a tremendous way. And that's why I think the thank you Hashem movement uh, took off because everyone realizes that to, to live life and successfully and to feel fulfilled, you got to thank Hashem, you got to connect to Him in, in that special way. So I'll tell you an interesting story actually this uh, big tzaddik, his name is Reb Abish Aizen and uh, he, was, he was sitting in his apartment one night and to Shabbos you know, we finish Shabbos, you make Abdullah, what do you do after? So many of us will go and take out the mail get into other things Reb Abish Aizen, this great tzaddik would start to sing and dance right after Abdullah, this Yerusha would get up and start dancing throughout his apartment now when he was passed away about a year ago his children wondered about this minhug that he had. This tradition of dancing around the house every month of Shabbos, and they, they and one of them found out what was the reason that he would do this. And he said like this years ago. He said like this that when he first got married, he lived in a two bedroom, a two room apartment. Excuse me, and uh, it was very tight with ten children. You can imagine. When he moved to a three bedroom apartment, he was so excited to that first month of Shabbos. He danced and thanked Hashem. He's in a big apartment. He danced on every tile in the apartment. And, and, and he just wanted to thank Hashem, not only for every breath, but for every tile in his new apartment. And the next month of Shabbos, he wanted to do the same thing, so he danced for 40 years. This man kept on dancing and thanking Hashem for everything good in his life. And you know, I think it's a beautiful thing. If, imagine we cooperate. We read such a story. And now every month of Shabbos, I don't know if we're going to dance around our apartment, but in your heart, thank you, Hashem, for everything you give me in my life, everything in my life, in my, my, my family, and my apartment, my house, everything.
0: The people that know they have it all, no matter what they have. They are able to uh, make it through life in a much, much better way, that's for sure. Right, Benjamin Przanski is with us. The book is called Reaching Higher. Go to com. Make sure to use promo code radio. Again, go to artscroll.com Always use promo code radio. The book is called Reaching Higher. All right, we can't go through every story, but can you explain how a family with eight children who knew they might be homeless within hours never gave up hope and how we should incorporate that type of faith into our own lives?
3: Yeah, you know, that, that particular family um, was forced to move out of their home, and, and you could imagine that's a, a very difficult uh, uprooting for any any type of family. They tapped into their, their rebbe, who happened to be Rabbi Yisrael Brog, a fountain of Amuna, They speaking to, the husband was speaking to him, and he said, "Listen, you gotta have faith. Hashem's gonna find you the house. You're not gonna be homeless. There's no way you're not gonna find the place if you tap into Hashem." and you really have full Amunah, and you realize that he's the one who decides what job you get, he's the one who decides what house you get, then you're not going to worry. And as hard as this was for them, because sometimes we talk about Amunah, but it's not real. It's not real. It's not ingrained in us. And what we have to do is realize, yes, to pay the bills, you need Amunah. You need money in the bank account, but you need Amunah to realize that it's really from Hashem. And if Hashem wants to send you the money, he'll send you the money. And if he wants to send you the home, he'll send you the home. And once they tapped into that realization, they were able to soon find the home that needed that they, they needed to find.
0: It's amazing, I'll tell you. We talk about Davening for somebody else and your tfilos are answered first. You have stories in this book where people do chesed for others with the faith that what they need is going to come true just because they've reached out to somebody else. What is what do these stories do to your Amuna? We, we know what your stories do for us and we know that when people you know give the Musser if you will that you just gave us a moment ago about you know knowing who's in control and putting full faith in God uh, but when you write and collect and, and write these stories does do, do you feel your own emuna and belief in Ashkaha pratis etc um being strengthened?
3: yeah for sure I feel a surge I I, I feel a tremendous feeling of, of, of chesed from from above. When I find a story and I realize I'm meeting people who are just amazing, these are not the old, these are not the them necessarily. These are regular people who do amazing things, and I say, hey, how come I'm not like that? I got to go out of my way. You know, I have a story in there about someone who who who, who was facing a surgery. He had. Uh, I met a person in Lakewood, a rebbe, and he told me his child, his his daughter, had to have a surgery in Cincinnati. She needed a raw. And how is he? Right, so he had to get to Cincinnati. Excuse me. So he, he goes to Cincinnati, and while he's there, he meets a Chassidish yid. He says, "What are you doing?" He says, "Listen, my daughter also needs a surgery, but I had no way to get to Cincinnati from Muncie. I went to Newark. There was a snowstorm. I couldn't go. So how am I going to get there?" So he put it on a chat. Can anyone give me a ride to Cincinnati? Ugh. And Hasidisha fellow answered and said, "I'll drive you to Cincinnati." He drove over 600 miles to Cincinnati. And this man wondered, like, how did you do such a thing for me? Is your wife behind you? Does she, does she appreciate what you're doing? Till he saw a text, and he saw that the, the wife wrote him that she's so proud of the mitzvah that he did. Now, when you hear about a mitzvah someone went 600 miles out of the way, how often do we go one mile out of the way? Ten miles, 100 miles. So when you see such a story, you say, hey, let me open my heart to and tap into this great thing called chesed and a havas yisrael.
0: Unbelievable. Just incredible. By the way, <laughs> on the subject I brought up before, uh, where you know sometimes I'll sit and say to somebody, why would you give up everything in order to pursue you know our tradition and heritage? Uh, I'm just going to give a little teaser. I don't know if you remember this or not, but page 164 of your book, Ha, ha, has the perfect story uh, for what I just described because I would ask Felipe. Remember Felipe, the soccer star. You remember him, right, Ryan Okay. I would ask Felipe, why would you give up the fame and fortune of being, uh, you know, a a tremendous soccer star in order to uh, become a member? Of the Jewish faith, and sure enough, he went ahead and did so, and and was the recipient of great chesed, as you write in the book. But I, again, I'm giving out too much information. I need people to buy the book, read the stories, and to enjoy them and be inspired by them, frankly. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, can't recommend it enough. It is Reaching Higher, stories that uplift your heart and soul, right? Benjamin Przansky, who's responsible for God knows how many books at artscroll.com, um, if you look at the back of this uh, book cover you could get an idea um, is now is now um, is the author of the um, of the book Reaching Higher we're strongly recommending it uh, always use promo code radio when ordering this or any other book at artscroll.com and enjoy uh, a book that will enhance your emuna your faith your attitude toward hashakha pratis your attitude toward chesed Avis israel being there for somebody else even your attitude towards simcha Uh, every one of these uh, categories will be enhanced uh, by the stories in this book. Rai Przanski, anything else you'd like to add before we wish you a happy Hanukkah?
3: Yeah, we have to keep reaching higher in our own lives. Let's look every day, my friend, for an opportunity to reach just a little bit higher. It's not how much you reach, just go a little above. What well, you're used to, you'll see your life is enhanced, your life will change, you read the book, as Hashem, give you the blessing that in your life, Hashem should always be there for you, helping you climb the ladder of life, and never stop reaching higher, my friends. Thank and, you
0: for, and, for having me. And yeah, 100%, it's wonderful to have you, and I, and I just want to add to that, and, and transmit this message to our children and grandchildren, because sometimes all they really want to know is that there is a ladder that they could start climbing and get a little bit higher on uh, on appropriate things. So we that's should, right. We that's right. Make sure they read. That. Make sure they read the book too. One hundred percent. I'm endorsing <laughs> it. As you know, uh, I take this opportunity to wish you a Mazel Tov on the book and wish you a happy Hanukkah. And thanks so much for joining us this morning.
3: Thank you, Malcolm. Have a happy Hanukkah.
0: Rabbi Benjamin Przensewski. Everybody, reaching higher. You're gonna love this one. Story after story. Lots of great material. And this is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program, heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Round the world, the web and Alchem Segal, the common and Alchem Segal network, and of course on the beloved NSNM. That was my recent conversation with Rabbi Binyamin Przansky. Turo's Dr. Faye Walkenfeld is with us to discuss a very important psy program coming to Turo. Check out this interview with Dr. Faye Walkenfeld, a recent guest on Jam in the AM. Here she is on JM Rewind on the Nachum Siegel Network. Well, uh, a big shout out to our friends at Turo College. And I say it like that because you know that we have a, an expression that we created here. Uh, real classes, real courses, real degrees, real jobs. <laughs> that's, what, uh, we, that's one of the things we keep emphasizing every time a representative of Turo comes on the air because uh, there are many shortcuts out there. That end up being a uh, long route to a faraway destination. When you do it the right way, and everybody out there who are everyone's, who's, who, everyone out there who is a student, everyone out there who's a parent of a student has to keep this in mind, when you do it with a real course of study, <clears throat> with real professors, real departments, real classes, real courses, you end up with a real degree and with a real job, and usually a job that's much better than if you would have gone, um, the shortcut route. Uh, Dr. Faye Walkenfeld is with us live via telephone, Chair of Behavioral Sciences at Turo. We'll be on the faculty of the brand-new Psy d program at Turo. We have a uh, an announcement that on November the 30th, on November the 30th, starting at 7 p.m., that's Tuesday night, this coming Tuesday night, starting at 7 p.m., there'll be a virtual open house to learn more about the brand-new Psy d program in clinical psychology starting in the fall of 2022 at Turo College. Dr. Faye Walkenfeld, a pleasure To welcome you to JM in the AM. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here again. Um, For those of us who don't know, could you explain what PsyD is? So PsyD is a doctoral degree in psychology.
4: Um, It's more clinical. It has a more clinical focus than a PhD, which is more um, scholarly and research related. Um, It is, it it does involve scholarship. Um, They they do, they do, Students do learn research, but there's a very strong focus on clinical learning as well.
0: So is this uh, is this um, uh, uh, open house about the brand new D program, is this something that's open to uh, graduate students, master's program students, undergrads? Who should be thinking about D down the road?
4: For the most part, people coming from um, a master's program, but people, we will accept people who, who come from a bachelor's program if they have a very strong background. Um... But uh, we're looking for people who have um, a a solid academic um, background as well as some clinical experience. So usually people who've done a master's have more of that. Um, But if someone has a BA, a very strong academic background, and also um, has some good practice, some good volunteer, you know, a couple years volunteering um, or working in a clinical place, that would be
0: looked at well as well. Uh, I would imagine that uh, someone who, in fact, will end up with a and and will uh, uh, graduate with the degree, the side D degree, which uh, seems pretty prominent, frankly, um, will have an ability to help people um, in a uh, in a more enhanced fashion, I guess, than somebody uh, with a lesser degree in this area. Would that be safe to say?
4: Well, the scope of practice is different. So, for example, we have a clinical mental health counseling program, which is a master's program, um, and it's a very strong program. But it's, the scope of practice is very different than a, for a psychologist. So people have to look at the two fields and see which one they would want to go into. Um, it, it's definitely – it's you learn more in a side program. It's longer. Um, but it depends on what people's goals are.
0: And this is sort of a – I mean, th- this is uh... – I guess pretty obvious, but we 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 are more closely now in this era uh, associating mental health uh, with actual medicine, the physical and the mental. I think I think continuously through the decades has just gotten closer and closer together, both for the layperson and for the professional. Right?
4: That's absolutely true. It's, it's a, I mean it especially it, it's been it's interesting because um, Dr. Frank Gardner, who's the director of the PsyD program, when he joined. Um, Turo. He used to talk to me about the, in, about the clinical mental health counseling program and say, you know, we need to bring more health emphasis into the field. And he was so right. And we were, we were starting to do that. And then COVID-19 kind of exploded everything because it became so clear um, as people were being more isolated and as hospitals were not allowing visitors in, and people were dying on their own and families were suffering the trauma of that kind of after effect. Because it's not just the sadness of the person dying alone but the family deals with trauma after that that's unresolved it became so clear that there is a lack of understanding of mental health in the medical field and that really needs to come in very strongly
0: and if the medical field in general would have appreciated that more they probably would have changed some of the practices regarding people who were hospitalized with serious COVID cases
4: hundred percent. There's a lot of research coming out now saying that right before this happened, they became aware that they, they were looking at how to deal with, you know, very severe flu cases and whether and they hospitals were starting to allow visitors in even into the ICU more because they were realizing that family makes a very big difference in terms of the outcome of someone who's very ill because they're there to help with emotional support when the nurses can't be there, you mm-hmm. know, and they're there to help with making sure feeding is happening. They're, they're there to help with all sorts of things.
0: They're advocates.
4: That, yeah, they're advocates, exactly.
0: How sad that we have to learn this lesson this way, huh? Very, very sad. Certainly very sad, sad for those families that suffered the way they did. And, you know, it's funny, on the notes for this morning's conversation, it says about people being feeling abandoned by family members. Most of mm-hmm. the people, obviously, obviously, The people who passed away from COVID just before passing were in a very, very serious medical situation. Obviously, that's what caused their demise. Uh, But even under those circumstances, chances are they felt that sense, I don't want to say abandonment, God forbid, but that sense Mm -hmm. of abandonment. And boy, is that sad as you think about uh, what they went through during that period.
4: Yeah, it's it's very sad.
0: To Dr. Fay Dr. Faye Walkenfeld is with us chair of behavioral sciences at Turo, the brand new SID program starts in the fall. The virtual open house is this coming Tuesday night. Information on the Turo website, of course, and she'll be part of the faculty in the new uh, SID program. Um, there are other things that uh, we've learned from uh, uh, from COVID-19. And that was the stress that it caused and the mental health challenges for healthcare workers in general, even those who were healthy and trying to provide assistance to those who may not have been. They were going through a terrible ordeal. What are some of the things we learned about that experience during COVID-19?
4: So we've learned that. I mean, we've learned that that medical workers are afraid to claim that they might need some mental health support.
0: They're
1: afraid
4: they're going to lose their jobs. And so we we have a number of nurses and doctors who committed suicide because they'd rather they they went for that rather than looking for help, and that's really very sad. And you know when we say the families weren't there, well, who was there? It was the frontline workers, and they ended up having to fill in for family, and they they, they were very torn. They weren't. It, it's the, the the fallout is still happening. I have a colleague, actually, our director of the clinical mental health counseling program is part of what's called the Emotional PPE project. Oh, they, which um, helps, they, they give uh, services for free to frontline workers, to the healthcare workers. And she's, she says she's, the doctors and nurses are suffering. They are still suffering from that.
0: You know, I remember some of the interviews we saw during COVID of nurses who, you know, became heroes because they were sticking by the side or standing by the side of that victim uh in place of the family and and they would break down they would break down uh, emotionally on TV every time they told the story in every one of these situations mm-hmm. and and now you know why of course because they were you know this was such a burden such a terrible um a, a, a terrible burden that they had to undertake on behalf of uh, the loved ones of those who were passing um right. just unbelievable uh Dr. Faye Walkenfeld is with us all right so um th- th- is it possible that people who are clinically depressed and people who did suffer from some type of mental uh, illness had more of a, uh, of a possibility of dying of COVID because of those comorbidities. We always talk about comorbidities in terms of respiration, in terms of uh, a, a lack of immunity, physical immunity that people may have had going into this whole pandemic. Is it possible that those who had suffered from depression, other m- mental illness also were considered to have comorbidities?
4: Yeah, it was the research is showing that actually they were at about the same risk as people. We said we knew people with diabetes were at risk, right. people with liver disease, were, and they're finding that people with severe mental health issues um, were also at that same level of risk. And they may have also had, we're still not 100% sure, but some of the reasons have been given as impaired immune response um, they're also predisposed to chronic disease. People who have these comorbidities, people who have a depression and anxiety, are also usually suffering from other things, um, and they're also more prone towards substance abuse. And so, you know, if the people who are dealing with depression, anxiety, and and ADHD, is severe bipolar, and ADHD are also usually, not always, but often, using substances, right. and um, that's also impairing their 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 health.
2: And and, and there's.
4: Uh, I just want to say one sure. more thing. There's also less of an ability to comply with public health measures. So if they're having, if they're impulsive and they're ha- and depressed and anxious, they're also less likely to necessarily comply with with other measures.
0: Right. They're not going to be diligent about following the rules. Let's put it that way. Right. And that, mm-hmm. of course, leads to you know other uh, problems through uh, lax behavior. Um, it, it, not to overload or overburden this audience with with even more situations, but. One of the ones that um, uh, was sent to me in advance of this conversation was when people go through physical danger, when people go through, whether it's a car accident or otherwise, uh, and they now, uh, you know, they need rehab, they, they need to rehab their leg, their back, their arm, or whatever it is that, you know, needs to be, I mean, everyone knows what physical rehabilitation is all about, but we forget that there is a psychological rehabilitation that needs to be set up upon discharge from the hospital, and people can fall into a bad place in terms of mental illness, I would think just the opposite, that as someone is progressing physically, it only enhances their mental state. But I guess you would suggest and other professionals would suggest that sometimes it's the opposite.
4: It is. Well, you have to realize that people who have suffered from an accident or something, there's a loss of life. There's a loss of a part of who they were, right, because they're, they're losing time. They have these goals. They're going to accomplish certain things. And all of a sudden they're stuck with a broken leg they're stuck with could be worse they're stuck with the tbi i mean there are all sorts of things that they could be stuck with that are limiting their ability to accomplish where they thought they were supposed to be going their trajectory in life is now shifted and they have to adjust to that they have to accept it and they have to figure out how to move on with that and they can get depressed they can get anxious there are lots of um there's a fallout from that they need support
0: and um one of the things that uh that uh, was noted, uh, again, as I prepared for this, was the Alzheimer's patients. I never realized that uh, there is a stage, obviously, where a patient uh, knows that their dementia is setting in. And I, I can't even begin to comprehend what that must be like, knowing that, that, that one of the most important faculties, one's own memory, one's, on, one's own ability to communicate, to recognize, et cetera, is waning. Um, right. So I guess patients who are suffering in that way are going through a similar experience in terms of depression.
4: Terrible depression that uh, uh, sinks in right there because they they see they're losing their faculties and it's very very difficult to deal with that. So then there are some who I mean, what we hope is that people will be proactive, right? So and it's very hard to be proactive because what you're basically saying is you're agreeing I'm I'm losing it. Right, um, and that's hard to do, but I think that with the right support we can you know we can get people there. There are people who take measures beforehand they once they see it happening, they'll make a living will that supports what they what you know what they want they'll right. they'll do certain things, and then there are others who are in denial, and how do we deal with the personality differences? How do we get the people who are in denial to actually maybe be a little more healthy? Um, about how to deal with what they want for end of life
0: and well, et cetera. as depressing as this is for an early morning conversation, I can only imagine <laughs> how much help people are going to get because these issues are raised, and we in our community need to know about it. Uh, those of you who are uh, inclined to help people uh, who are in these situations and to uh, and to enhance their lives as they go through all of this, there is a side d program that has been announced uh by turo the virtual open house is this coming tuesday night starting at 7 p.m. eastern time if you're interested in the ID program or if you're interested in the ms in mental health counseling you should attend the virtual open house on december the 9th that's coming up in december the 9th starting at 7 p.m. so the D program you um uh you uh, outlined for us the ms in mental health counseling again these are really important degrees as we always say uh, you know, when you go through a real course of study like this, it only um, it, it only puts more tools in the toolbox of what you could do to help people down the road. you want to give us a word on the Mental Health Counseling MS?
4: So the Mental Health Counseling MS um, is specifically for people who are really are interested in counseling. Um, and uh, it's we've been very successful in the last few years. We've really built up the program. And it's very strong. We have uh, successful students who are going out there. It's a two- to three-year program. Um, so if people just want to do counseling and and uh they're and that's their passion, that's it's a good start. It's and it's it's a good way to get yourself into the field.
0: And boy, based on this conversation, the counseling is really needed out there, that's for sure. Um uh, mm-hmm. information, you can go to SHS.turo.edu slash events. Again, SHS dot dot slash events, both the Psy D program virtual open house for November the thirtieth and the MS and mental health counseling virtual open house happening on December the ninth are both up there in addition to other events. Um, a full listing of upcoming open houses in a lot of different areas of interest brought to you by our friends at Turo. Dr. Faye Walkenfeld, anything you'd like to add?
4: No, I, I just, I guess I just want to add one more thing that sure. people should be aware the Psy D program is a very full-time four- to five-year program, and they're they're going to get a lot of good skills out of that. But they have to be aware that it's a real
0: commitment. So sometimes the real courses and the real classes that we talk about are real courses and classes, (laughs) four to five years and very intense. Well, look, I mean, if one's going to get a degree like that and then, you know, have a tremendous influence in that field down the road, they've got to put the work in. It's as simple as that. So that, Absolutely. That should be no surprise to anybody. Uh, thanks so much for joining us this morning, and a very happy Hanukkah to you and everybody at Turo.
4: Thank you. Likewise to you. Take
0: Do- care. Dr. Faye Walkenfeld, Chair of Behavioral Sciences uh, uh, and Associate Professor of the Department of Behavioral Science at Turo's College School of uh, Health Sciences. Don't forget the SID d program that we were talking about has an open house on Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, starting at 7 p.m. The MS in Mental Health Counseling is a virtual open house December the 9th, starting at 7 p.m. Go to shs.turo.com dot edu slash events shsturoedu slash events more coming up you are listening to a uh wednesday morning broadcast at jm in the a.m that was my conversation with dr Faye wolkenfeld thanks so much for tuning in to jm rewind plenty more coming up if you keep it on nsn then i'll network